Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On March 30th, 2016, Marquia Benson failed to show up for work. She didn't pick up any phone calls, and she wasn't responding to any texts from her worried family and friends. When a co-worker and Marquia's boyfriend head to her apartment to check on her, they stumble upon a horrific and gruesome scene. Marquia is found dead in her bathtub, while scalding hot water is running all over her body. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the tragic murder of Marquia Benson. On the morning of March 30, 2016, 36-year-old Marquia Benson was texting her mother as she was getting ready for work. According to her mother, everything seemed normal, but later that afternoon, Marquia's job called her family. They said they were concerned about Marquia because she never showed up for work. Marquia's last text to her mother was around 8 a.m., according to Marquia's mom, and Marquia's boyfriend stated he texted her shortly after 8 a.m. When she didn't reply, he assumed that Marquia was busy at work and she would reply whenever she had a chance to. But Monique, Marquia's sister, says that if Marquia was busy and she noticed a message, she would still take a few seconds to let that person know she was busy at that moment, but she could get back to them soon. She wouldn't just not reply. So, according to Monique, this wasn't Marquia's normal behavior. The concern for Marquia mounted as friends and family attempted to get in touch with her. They called, they texted, but Marquia never responded. At around 4.30 p.m., a coworker and Marquia's boyfriend decided that it would be best to just head over to Marquia's apartment to check on her since she wasn't answering any phone calls. They drove over separately to her apartment, which was located at the New Orleans Park apartment complex in the 900 block of South Avenue in Sicane, Pennsylvania. When they arrived, they noticed that Marquia's car was parked there, Based on this, they assumed that Marquia was home, but when they knocked, there was no answer and the door was locked. Eventually, the building manager let them into Marquia's apartment, and what they walked into was probably every loved one's worst nightmare. As the door swung open, they quickly noticed that her apartment was a mess with papers ripped and strewn about across her floor. The dining room tables were knocked over, some personal paperwork looked rifled through. Her passport and some old letters were ripped up as well. 
and they also noticed that the apartment felt humid. As Marquia's boyfriend walked through the apartment and he passed the bathroom, he heard water running. When he entered the bathroom, he found Marquia in the tub. The death of Marquia came as a great shock to her family. Never in a million years did they think she would be murdered. Marquia was the strong sister. She was funny, intelligent, and beautiful. Although she was the baby of the family, she had accomplished a lot. From what her family says about her, Marquia was a go-getter. She put herself through college. She loved learning and traveling. She had been to Germany, Mexico, and Milan. She had been the first sister to buy her own place. And to her sisters, Marquia was an inspiration. The Upper Darby Township Police Department arrived at Marquia's apartment to begin their investigation. Upper Darby is a diverse town and typically averages fewer than 10 homicides per year, with most being gun-related. So, when detectives got the call about Marquia's murder, they soon realized that this would not be a typical crime scene. When detectives walked into her apartment, there was steam filling the air and beads of water trailing down the walls. Because of this, they believed that the shower was running for most of the day, until she was found at around 4.46 p.m. They found Marquia's body in the bathtub nude. Her body was positioned so that she was lying on her back, with her head under the spigot. Marquia's cause of death was determined to be blunt and sharp force head and neck injuries, complicated by immersion and extensive scald burns. This led police to believe that Marquia was possibly still alive when she was placed in the bathtub, and could have slowly died from the blunt and sharp force injuries. Because of the injuries to her neck and head, police believed that she could have been killed with a hammer-like object. They also concluded that the murder weapon was most likely brought by the killer, and taken with the killer when they left. Crime scene investigators also found blood spatter on Marquia's pillow, mattress, and wall. The police department ordered a blood spatter analysis, which determined the attack took place in and around the bed. According to police, there were no major signs of struggle between Marquia and her killer. Also, Marquia's fingernails were kept relatively short, so there was no guarantee that if there was a struggle, that any evidence from the killer would have been found underneath her nails. The police theorized that Marquia was likely unconscious or distracted when she was attacked. Then the killer dragged her from her bed into the bathroom. According to the police, the bathroom is the next door outside of the bedroom, so it wouldn't have taken much effort or time to move her. Then they believe the killer placed Marquia in the tub, turned on the hot water to the highest setting, and fled. As police continued to search Marquia's apartment for clues, they found one that was the most revealing. A vulgar message scrawled throughout the apartment in red lipstick. According to the police, it was one word, a derogatory word often directed towards women, that was written three times. This word was written on two walls in the living room and once on a painting in the bathroom. Crime scene investigators attempted to lift latent fingerprints from the lipstick container and several other items in the apartment that they believed may have been touched by the killer. However, the quality of those results are still not where the police would like them to be. To detectives, the scene suggested that the killer was passionate and very angry. The living room area contained several papers ripped up on the floor along with Marquia's passport, and the kitchen trash was dumped all over the floor too. The detectives believed that Marquia knew her killer because of the passionate crime scene, 
In addition, the police maintain that they do not believe that the scene was staged. According to detectives at the scene, there was no forced entry. All doors to the apartment were checked for damage, but they were all intact and they were all locked. And Marquia did not give a key to her apartment to anyone, to the police department's knowledge. To police, the fact that there was no forced entry and Marquia never gave out a key to her apartment means that she let her killer in because she knew them. So, the first person they were interested in interviewing was someone closest to Marquia, her boyfriend. Detectives took Marquia's boyfriend straight from the scene to the police department for questioning. Detectives learned from that interview that Marquia and her boyfriend dated from 2013 to 2016, and their relationship was on and off during that time. According to her boyfriend, he was last with Marquia on Sunday, March 27th, when they went to the movies together. He also claims that the last time he was at her apartment was two weeks before her murder. During the interview, they also collected DNA and fingerprints, and he also consented to a forensic extraction of his cell phone. To detectives, her boyfriend did not have any motive because as far as everyone knew, Marquia and he were getting along well before her death. On the morning of March 30th, 2016, Marquia's boyfriend dropped his son off at school and went to work at his auto body repair shop. Due to his cooperation with the investigation and his whereabouts on the morning of Marquia's murder, detectives believed that Marquia's boyfriend was most likely not involved in her murder and Marquia's family believes that her boyfriend isn't suspicious as well. According to Monique, Marquia's boyfriend was loving and gentle towards her sister. Her family just doesn't believe that he would hurt Marquia. So with suspicion no longer on Marquia's boyfriend, investigators shifted their focus to other people. Detectives understand that a victim's family may not know everyone that is in their loved one's life, so they took to Marquia's cell phone in hopes that the identity of her killer lied within it. Unfortunately, under forensic examination, it was discovered that Marquia's cell phone was encrypted, and at the time in 2016, they could not get past the encryption. And even though it's been six years since her murder, and new technologies have been developed, they still have been unsuccessful in cracking the encryption. What they could gather from her phone were records and activity from her phone, like phone numbers of who she was texting and calling. However, no activity suggested she was fighting or arguing with anyone before she died. The information they could gather was successful because it added to the puzzle that is her case, but it wasn't enough to secure an arrest of a suspect. Using phone records along with interviews of friends and neighbors, detectives were able to put together a timeline of the hours leading up to Marquia's murder. On March 29th, Marquia texted a man she was seeing at approximately 6.21 p.m. after work. In the message, she says she has some studying to do. She stopped at a local spot for takeout and then she returned home. According to the cell phone records, she last texted an ex-boyfriend at around 7.30 p.m. The next morning at 8.12 a.m., Marquia received a text message from her mother. She responded to the message and her family has said that the message she sent is appropriate for how Marquia talks, so they believe it was truly Marquia who sent the message, not the killer. So, sometime from 8.12 a.m. when she replied to her mother, to 4.46 p.m. when Marquis was found dead, is when her killer struck. Detectives believe she was murdered in the early morning based on the amount of steam found in her apartment when they discovered her body. According to detectives, it is possible that Marquia let her killer in while she was getting ready for work, and then the attack happened soon after they were let in. 
However, police believe that the attack on Rakia was a surprise because she would have fought back with her killer and there were no signs of a fight. The next step in the investigation was to find witnesses. So police did several canvases of the apartment complex, asking neighbors if they noticed anyone walking around who didn't fit in on the day Marquia was murdered. But due to the size of the apartment complex and the fact that the attack happened in the morning as people were leaving for work, police believe that the killer may have blended in. Ultimately, the canvases provided no major leads. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Police moved on to checking video surveillance footage from buildings surrounding Marquia's apartment complex, but they found no suspicious activity there either. So detectives decide to begin a deep dive into Marquia's personal life. When interviewing her friends and family, some mentioned an uncomfortable encounter that Marquia told them about. These awkward interactions were with a man who lived in the same apartment complex as Marquia. In fact, this man lived directly across the hall from Marquia. The neighbor has been described as a strange man with an offbeat personality. When detectives spoke with this man at his job, he told them that he was shocked to hear that Marquia had been killed. 
He said that he moved into the apartment around November 2015 after he separated from his wife. He told police that he had met Marquis in the hallway, but he never knew her name and they never even hung out. However, this conflicts with what Marquia has told her friends and family. According to detectives, Marquia told several people in her life that the guy across the hall was creepy. According to Marquia, this man knocked on her door one day with a bottle of wine in hand and a couple of glasses. From what she told family members, she didn't want to be rude, so she agreed to a glass of wine with him. However, the man never says this happened. Despite this discrepancy, Detectives believe it is not that surprising or worrisome that he wouldn't mention any of this because he reconciled with his wife and moved back home eventually. According to police, this man was cooperative and he was not asked to take a polygraph test. Police spoke to his wife and his employer and determined that he was at home and working on March 29th and March 30th. This alibi was confirmed by police and this neighbor is no longer a suspect in Marquia's homicide case. There was one person from Marquia's past that was frequently mentioned in the interviews police conducted with Marquia's family. When these family members and friends heard about what happened to Marquia, they said this one person came to mind. This person was an ex-boyfriend that Marquia dated from around 2009 to 2013. Allegedly, this ex-boyfriend was emotionally and physically abusive towards Marquia during the course of their relationship. Marquia's mother and sister never officially met this ex-boyfriend, but her family never liked how he treated her. According to Monique, despite being in a long-term relationship with him, Marquia's ex never came around to family events, even though she often asked him to. And although she had tried to make it work for years, once she started school and her career, she just realized she didn't need that relationship anymore. This is according to her family and friends. Marquia had ended this toxic relationship in 2013, just before she started dating her most recent boyfriend. However, detectives learned that just a few weeks before her murder, Marquia started talking to her ex again. Her sister says that she believed Marquia kept this information secret from her family because she thought they would disapprove of her rekindling this relationship. So, with this new information about Marquia's ex, detectives worked on tracking him down. But before they started looking for him, the ex actually showed up to the police station, claiming he heard of Marquia's death on the news. Around noon on March 31st, the day after Marquia's murder, her ex came into police headquarters asking for information about the case. According to the police, he was cooperative. He allowed police to examine his cell phone, and he even gave them fingerprints and a DNA sample too. The police also took photos of her ex's body, and they showed he had no injuries. He also provided a statement to detectives. In this statement, he told detectives that he and Marquia met up for some drinks on the evening of March 17th. He stated that he was there for about two hours before Marquia told him that they were done and he could leave, meaning their relationship was over and she didn't want anything to do with him. He then stated that he and Marquia had an argument over the phone almost a week later on Saturday, March 26th. He said this argument was about him being distant and them not hanging out anymore. He then claims that they agreed to hang out on Tuesday, March 29th. According to investigators, her ex could not provide any information regarding his whereabouts for that day. But he claims he texted her at 6.30pm on March 29th, saying he was busy and couldn't hang out anymore. He also told police that on March 30th, the day she was killed, he went to a local restaurant at 1.30pm. He claims he drove around aimlessly and ate his lunch, and then later that evening, he went to another local restaurant to drink wine at the bar. 
Both of these events were confirmed through surveillance footage. Detectives received access to this ex-boyfriend's phone. They wanted to see old text messages and any phone activity for evidence to corroborate his side of the story. The text message in which he told Marquia he couldn't hang out on March 29th was corroborated. However, there was no activity on his phone for several hours after his message was sent at 7.28 p.m. Although, his phone was active again by the late morning of March 30th, the day Marquia was murdered. According to detectives, on March 30th, this ex-boyfriend left Marquia four voicemails. The first voicemail was at 1.18 p.m. The second voicemail was at 5.29 p.m. The third was at 6.03 p.m. And the final one was at 10.13 p.m. When detectives listened to each message, they realized that each voicemail increased with intensity and anger. But to police, it appeared that the voicemails were staged, as if her ex-boyfriend was trying to make it seem like he genuinely thought she would respond to his calls. When he was asked about why there was no activity on his phone for a long period of time after 7.28 p.m. on March 29th, especially since there was regular activity any other day, police noted some inconsistencies in his story. However, the ex-boyfriend did agree to take a polygraph test. His polygraph test results were reviewed by two polygraph examiners, and they both concluded that deception was indicated on several of the questions. Detectives said the interview was relatively calm, that he didn't show any emotion towards Marquia. The only time he got upset was when he was questioned about the inconsistencies in his story. The police believed that this ex-boyfriend's motive could have been, if I can't have her, then no one will. And this logic often fits the personality of abusers, which is why abusers tend to be possessive and controlling. I also want to note that it's very strange that this man didn't show any emotion towards Marquia. I mean, if they were ex-boyfriend and girlfriend, wouldn't he at least be sad about everything that happened to Marquia? Despite the failed polygraph test, the inconsistencies in his story, his rocky alibi, and a clear motive for the crime, police still do not have enough to arrest Marquia's ex-boyfriend. However, he remains a person of interest. Over the years, he has been arrested for a DUI, but no arrests regarding violent crimes. It has been six years since Marquia was murdered, and her case is still open. But police just don't have enough evidence to file charges. What police need to make an arrest is a corroboration of evidence, someone who saw something, or maybe even someone who he confided in to come forward. If you have any information on the murder of Marquia Benson, leave an anonymous tip at pastcrimestips at udpd.org or call 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.